بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبات للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد page 107 of Muqaddimat Ibn Abi Zayd al-Qirwani or al-Qirwaniya Ibn Abi Zayd al-Qirwani rahimullah he said وَأَنَّ خَيْرَ الْقُرُونِ قَرْنُ الَّذِينَ رَوَوْا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَى اللَّهِ وَأَنَّ خَيْرَ الْقُرُونِ الْقَرْنُ الَّذِينَ رَأَوْا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَى اللَّهِ وَآمَنُوا بِهِ ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ The best generation or best people are those whom saw the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم and they believed in him then them to come after them, then them to come after them يعني then their successes, then their successes so they're the best people and that is in accordance with the hadith خير الناس قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم شيخ صالح فوزان he said ومن أصول أهل السنة والجماعة أنهم يعتقدون أن خير القرون أي خير أجيال الأمة هم جيل الصحابة they're the best people the Sahaba رضي الله عنهم الصحابة جمع الصحابي he says والصحابي من لقي النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم the one who met the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم believing in him and died upon that that is what Ibn Hajar رحمه الله mentions and that is also in accordance to the hadith of Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم where he said طوبى لمن رآني وآمن بي glad tidings for the one who saw me in this case he means met me because there were Sahaba who were blind amongst them طُوبَ لِمَنْ رَآنِ وَآمَنَ بِي Glad tidings one who believes in me met me and he believed in me that is a condition of a companion and he died upon that فَمَنْ آمَنَ بِالنَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ وَلَمْ يُلْقِهِ فَلَيْسَ بِصَحَابِ وَلَمْ يُلَقِهِ يعني وَلَمْ يَلْتَقِ بِهِ Whoever met the messengers who believed in the messengers but didn't meet him is not a companion. And that's why Abdullah ibn Amr ibn Aas that's why Amr ibn Aas subhanAllah he met the messengers he went to Ethiopia Habasha he went to Ethiopia as a non-Muslim and Najashi the king of Ethiopia gave him da'wah after the king of Ethiopia became Muslim he gave Amr ibn As da'wah and Amr ibn As became Muslim. Not only did he become Muslim, he also became Sahabi because he met the Messenger prior to that. Shaykh Abad mentions, look how a Tabi'i gave da'wah to a Sahabi. One who became a Sahabi. Amr ibn As, his son became Muslim before him. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As. And later, alhamdulillah, Amr ibn As became a Muslim. So the Najashi, because he didn't meet the Messenger وسلم, he's still considered to be a Tabi'i, not a Sahabi. That is the Najashi, the king of Ethiopia. And the Prophet وسلم, prayed for him when he heard that he passed away. He prayed over him the Janazah prayer. وَيُشْتَرَتُ أَنْ يَسْتَمِرَ عَلَى الْإِيمَانِ حَتَّى يَمُوتُ And what is the condition is that the, person, the Sahabi continues to appear upon Iman until he passes away. But if he left Islam, then he's not considered to be a Sahabi. So these are the conditions. 
So the best people are my generation, then them to come after them, then them to come after them. And also that is in line with the verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Tawbah verse 100, وَالسَّابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ مِنَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارُ وَالَّذِينَ تَبِعَهُمْ بِإِحْسَانِ رضي الله عنهم ورضوا عنه The first to become Muslim, the awwaloon, the sabiqoon, from the muhajiroon, first and foremost, the migrants who migrated from Mecca to Medina, followed by the Ansar, the helpers of Medina, وَالَّذِينَ تَبِعَهُمْ بِإِحْسَانِ And those who follow them upon righteousness. So the first of these generations, they're the best of the generations. Those who became Muslim as migrants, muhajirun, the early, the early Muslims, those whom, who defended the Messenger وسلم, in Mecca, those who were tortured, those who were harmed, نعم, persecuted, the likes of the first of the Muslims, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, the likes of Umar al-Khattab, the likes of Uthman ibn Affan and Ali radiallahu anhu being persecuted the likes of Khabbab ibn Arat the likes of Abdurrahman ibn Awf there's a long hadith about Khabbab in Bukhari long hadith where he said Ya Rasulullah look the persecution that we're going through ask Allah to remove it when he saw the messenger under the shade of the Kaaba and he asked the Messenger وسلم, to remove, the, make dua to Allah to remove this affliction that we're going through. So they went through hardship. And the Prophet said, Before you, a person, a pit will be opened for him and he'll be, be dug for him and he'll be put in the pit and he'll be split into two and that will not take him away from his deed. And likewise, a person will be tortured with a metal like comb scraping his skin and that will not take him away from his deed. And a time will come when a rider will ride from Sana'a to Hadramaut. And that will not take him, uh, uh, not faring the, the wolf, not faring anything but Allah and the wolf upon his sheep. And he said, But you are a hasty people. And he be patient. Salvation will come. It's coming. After hardship there will be ease. But be patient. And Sahaba went through that difficulty in persecution. Some of them migrated to Ethiopia in the first migration in order to to flee from the persecution and from them is Uthman anhu, went in for the two migrations the first to the to Ethiopia because of the hardship that he was going through in, in Mecca and then the second migration to to Medina and the people of Medina those who accepted and welcomed Ahl Mecca, the Muslims of Mecca, the Muhajireen, they accepted them with love and brotherhood and kindness. And Allah mentions Surah Al-Hashr, Even though they had a need for themselves, they would give to their brother. And they were righteous, the helpers, those who resided in the Dar wal Iman, the Dar of Mecca, of Medina and Iman, the abode of Iman. The process, Allah called it the abode of Iman, Medina. And they welcomed their brothers. And the sisters welcomed their sisters. And it was uh, much love. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's messenger also brought love between the different tribes of Medina. He gathered them and made them true brothers. To remove racism. To remove 
any tribalism, to remove any ism that would come in between them and their brother. Subhanallah. Even to the extent when he would hear certain companions say something that was wrong. The likes of when Abu Dhar said to Bilal, you son of a black woman, and the, and the Prophet said, Inna fika jahiliya. You still have jahiliya in you. And then Abu Dhar put his head on the ground and he said, to remove this from his heart, he said, oh, I'll, I will not remove my head from the ground until Bilal steps over it. This is how they were, the Sahaba, straight away making tawbah, straight away learning from the education of Rasul how the messengers explained to them that no Arab better than non-Arab except by piety. Inna akramakum atqakum. Those who are most honorable in the sight of Allah are the most pious. Umar al-Khattab in his reign, in his leadership, put in Abza, leader of Makkah because of his Quran. Allah raised him with his Quran. And Abza was a slave. And he put him in charge of Makkah in his time. Showing you the Sahaba, they did not want anything to come between them and Allah. Anything to come between them and Islam. Islam for them was that which, which will make them and follow them, and follow the, and make their character to be a pious character, and a good character, and a good conduct. This is what Islam, Islam does. Islam makes you, not you make Islam. Not you make religion in how you want it to be. Like you have all of these different religions, man changing it as they wish, as they go along through time. This is not with Islam. Islam changes you and me. Gives us the character, the 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 the... the the manner, the etiquette, the morals that we should be upon of putting, of putting others first before ourselves, of sharing, of being kind and gentle, not looking down at others. This is Islam. And this is how we are. Those who came after them, after the Sahaba, and after the righteous, they say, Oh, our Lord, Forgive us and our brothers, those who preceded us upon Iman. And do not make in our hearts any hatred, any rancor, any, uh, any form of uh, detest or for those who came before us. Any form of hatred for those who came before us. Rabbana innaka ra'uf rahim Oh Lord, you are ra'uf, the kind and the rahim, the merciful. So loving those who came before us, for the, look what they have done. Strove, they carried the Quran, they carried the Sunnah, they deliver it far and wide to different nations, to different communities. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raised them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honored them and those who followed them upon righteousness. Sheikh Sa'if Uzan said, many people claim to follow the Sahaba, but how many follow them upon Ihsan, upon righteousness? Just as the Sahaba were in their conduct, in their, moral, in their morals, and before all of that, in their aqidah, in their belief, and in their methodology. Ibn Abi Zayd says, al Sahaba al Rashidun, al The best companions are the rightly guided caliphs. Why did Allah, why did Allah's messenger describe them as Rashidun, Mahdiyun? Mahdiyun, they have knowledge that is beneficial. Rashidun, they have righteous actions. Look at these two. Beneficial knowledge and righteous actions. These two are also mentioned in the verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, 
هو الذي أرسل رسوله بالهدى ودين الحق He is the one Allah who sent the messenger with uh, with huda with guidance meaning mahdiyin same as the word is used here with beneficial knowledge ودين الحق righteous actions ليظهره على الدين كله that it may prevail over all religions all isms all ways of life deen will be uppermost if you be like the sahaba beneficial knowledge righteous actions deen will spread far and wide and Allah will bless it put blessing in it and put goodness in it with beneficial knowledge and righteous actions the khulafa al-rashidun first of them Abu Bakr al-Siddiq the most truthful and the best of the companions and Shaykh Uthaymin said two incidents will show you that Abu Bakr al-Siddiq was the best of the Sahaba the first of them and there are many incidents but the first of them to show you he's the firmest of the Sahaba the first of them is in the night journey the Prophet went on a night journey and the people the polytheists were trying to cause confusion and doubt how can he go on a night journey to Masjid al-Aqsa and the same night he goes above the seven heavens and they try to deny and belie the messenger of Allah but look what Abu Bakr al-Siddiq said when they came to him he said if the messenger did this went on this night and I believe in it I believe in it no hesitance showed you he was the firmest in his time and on the point of death of the messenger when he died Abu Bakr al-Siddiq he was the one said to Umar to sit down and he himself stood up Abu Bakr al-Siddiq and he said whoever worship Muhammad then he has passed away and whoever worships Allah then he lives and doesn't die and then he quoted the verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned that he that Muhammad is not the uh, not the father of any one of you men but is it after he passes away that you turn back on your heels no rather it's Allah subhanahu that we worship Abu Bakr al-Siddiq look how pious he was fearing for himself in Muwatta Malik there's a narration which mentions that he was seen to pull out his tongue Umar ibn Khattab said to him what are you doing may Allah forgive you he said this has brought me destruction Abu Bakr al-Siddiq fearing that his tongue has brought him destruction Abu Bakr al-Siddiq giving his wealth in charity Abu Bakr al-Siddiq continued to give Mistah the one who spoke about his daughter Aisha in the ifk and he continued to give him charity SubhanAllah following the verse where Allah said forgive and pardon don't you wish that Allah forgives you he was on a high level he was on Iman he was on Tawheed, Ikhlas and Tawheed and, and Amr al-Salih. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, the Prophet allowed him to lead the prayer. Allowed him to lead the prayer when, he, when the Prophet was ill and he was happy when he saw him lead the prayer, he smiled. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, al-Siddiq. Beloved to the Messenger, the Prophet asked him to come with him in the migration to, to Medina because of his love for Abu Bakr al-Siddiq wanted him to be his companion Abu Bakr al-Siddiq the one that Allah subhanahu revealed and Allah the, and the Prophet mentioned inna Allah ma'ana he's with us both in helping us in aiding us Allah azza wa jal's ma'iyya with the messenger with the messenger and with Abu Bakr al-Siddiq anhu so he's the best of the companions and the Prophet said to the lady who asked who shall I follow after you 
he said, follow the two after me, Abu Bakr and Umar. And Umar ibn Khattab, being the best of the companions after Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, he was the door. After him, much fitna occurred. Umar ibn Khattab, who was martyred in the Fajr prayer. And the Fajr prayer, when the Majusi, the fire worship, came and stabbed him. And in that dagger was, was poison. He stabbed him. And then he stabbed himself, the Majusi, killed himself once he knew he was going to be caught. And Umar al-Khattab was carried to his deathbed. And subhanallah, the first thing he says, has the prayer been established? Allahu Akbar. Ya Abdullah, the salah, the salah. And this is what Umar al-Khattab said on his deathbed. He said, the prayer, has the prayer been established? And then he said, la khaira fi islami man taraka salah. There is no good for a person's Islam if he leaves off the prayer. Umar ibn Khattab, when he saw the youth coming on his deathbed, he sees a youth, he's walking, and he's dragging his garment below his ankle. And he said to him, O youth, raise your garments, for indeed it is atqa li rabbik, it is most pious towards your Lord. Wa anqa li thawbik, and most clean for your thawb. It is clean for your thawb, because if you raise it, it won't drag on the floor. And if you raise it also, this is most pious towards your Lord. Umar al-Khattab, concern for the ummah, concern for the young, for the youth. Subhanallah, what, where is our concern for the youth? To guide them, to show them the, the correct path. To show them the examples of the Sahaba and how they were. Umar radiallahu anhu. Thereafter, Uthman ibn Affan, the one that the Messenger Sallallahu married his two daughters to him. And that's why he was called Dhun-Nurayn. When one of them died, he married the other one to him. Uthman ibn Affan, that even the, sh the angels are shy in his presence. One time his leg, the Prophet's leg, was bare. When Abu Bakr al-Siddiq entered, Umar al-Khattab entered. Then when Uthman entered, the Prophet covered his leg. And he said, even the sh angels are shy in his presence. SubhanAllah. Uthman ibn Affan, followed by Ali ibn Abi Talib The Prophet said, tomorrow I'll give the flag to, Allah, to the one Allah loves and the one who loves Allah. So everyone is thinking, who is it going to be given to? Is it going to be given to the, the, the early generation of Muslims, the one who came before? Who is it going to be given to? The next day the Prophet said, where is Ali They said he has something in his eye. He's complained about something in his eye. That's why he's not here. So he called for him. And when he came, the Prophet took some of his saliva and put it in his eye. Put it in Ali Radhul's eye. And his eye was cured. His eye was cured. And he gave him the flag. Because he loves Allah and Allah loves him. And he said to him, He said to him, For Allah to guide through you, one person is better for you than the red she camel. This is Islam. To guide people. They want good for people. Shaykh Salih Fuzan, Habibullah, in this section, he mentions those verses, and then he says, As Sahaba that the Sahaba, there are some who are the best of the Sahaba, followed by the next. No doubt, they are better than all of the Ummah. They're the best of this Ummah. But even amongst themselves, there are those 
who have been raised above others, the likes of the Khulafa al-Rashidin that we have mentioned. فَأَفْضَلُهُمُ الْخُلَفَاءَ الرَّشِدُونَ وَهُمْ أَبُوْ بَكَرْ ثُمَّ عُمَرْ ثُمَّ عُثْمَانْ ثُمَّ عَلِي رضي الله عنه. This is what the Sahaba themselves believed in. The narration of Anas رضي الله عنه. We used to see Abu Bakr being the best of us. Then Umar. Then Uthman. Then Ali رضي الله عنه. This is amongst themselves they used to see. ثُمَّ بَقِيَةَ الْعَشْرَةَ Then the rest of the ten promised paradise. And they are Talha, and Zubair, and Abdurrahman ibn Awf, and Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas, and Sa'id bin Zayd ibn Khattab, who is the cousin of Umar ibn Khattab, and Abu Ubaid ibn Jarrah. They are the ten promised paradise. Inshallah, we have a lecture that we went through the ten promised paradise. You can get it online, and then you can see in more detail about the ten promised paradise. Badr, then the companions of Badr, then the people, the, the ones who gave bay'ah, bay'ah to Ridwan, then the Muhajirun, the, the Muhajirun who considered to be better than the Ansar, and that's why Allah mentioned them first. Then those who became Muslim on the, the, the year of the victory when they entered Mecca, those who became Muslim then, then those who became Muslim after the Fatih of Mecca, after the victory of Mecca. All of them are Sahaba. However, there are some that have been raised over others. Imam Ahmad in his Usul Sunnah, he says that even if the Sahabi met the Messenger for one hour, it's considered to be a Sahabi. It's not a matter of time period. I remember Hizb al-Tahrir, they used to go around writing articles and they would say Muawiyah is not a Sahabi. Why? Because they, their definition of Sahabi is, they made it up as they go along. They said he has to live with the Messenger for two years. Imam Ahmad said one hour. You say two years. Who am I going to follow? Imam Ahmad, the scholar of Sunnah, the, scholar, the, the, the Imam of Sunnah in his time, the Mujaddid of his time, the reviver of Islam in his time, am I going to follow somebody comes later on in in England, walking the streets. Which one? We take from Imam Ahmad, rahimahullah, who takes from the authentic Sunnah, from takes from the Sahaba. Muawiyah radhiyallahu anhu, Subhanallah. Muawiyah radhiyallahu anhu was praying behind the Messenger sallallahu When the Prophet sallallahu said, "Sami Allah liman hamida Muawiyah saying, Rabbana wa lakal hamd," and you are saying he's not Sahabi. Muawiyah he used to write a hadith for Rasulullah from the hadith that he recorded and reported is the hadith that the Messenger said whoever Allah was good for he gives him understanding the religion that was reported by who? by Muawiyah bin Abi Sufyan and you want to take him out of Islam and you want to speak ill of him the Messenger said, When my companions are mentioned, then withhold. Withhold from speaking about them. A dispute occurred. Khalid bin Walid, who came later, after the Muhajirin, he became later. Remember, he fought the Sahaba before he was a Muslim in the Battle of Uhud. After that, he became Muslim. 
Then he said to Abdurrahman ibn Auf, who was from the Sabiqun, from the early migrants, he said to him, it's only a few days that you have preceded us. Allahu Akbar. Abdurrahman ibn Auf knew the seriousness of this statement. He took it to the Messenger So the Messenger advised and he solved. By so he brought the solution. The solution was, he said to Akhad ibn Walid, La tasubbu ashabi. Don't revile my companions. Khalid ibn Walid is from the companions. But look how the Messenger took it seriously. La tasubbu ashabi. لو أن أحدكم لو أن أحدكم تصدق بأحد ذهبا ما بلغ مد أحدهم ولا نصيفة. If one of you was to give charity the size of Uhud in gold, it would not benefit you. It would you would not be able to equal, sorry, the two hands put together, which is a mud of one of them what they have put forward, not even half of that. عليكم سلام الله. Not even. Half of so imagine somebody gives charity the size of Uhud in gold. Huh? You would not reach what they have done, even a mud, a measure of two pounds put together of what they have done. So Shaykh Rabbi in his Sharh of Rasulullah Sunnah he says, uh, he says, How many Uhuds do we need to reach what the Sahaba were upon? How many Uhuds we need? That's considering they only have done one mud. Considering they have only done one mud of khair. Imagine, that's just one mud or just half of the mud. Half of that, just one palm of charity. Considering they have only done that. How many uhuds we need for what they have done? Of memorizing the Quran, of carrying the Quran, the sunnah, carrying that to the people far and wide. And the jihad, the striving in defending the Messenger Wasallam. How many uhuds we need? So don't revile my companions, even though Khalid Walid is from the companions. But it shows you that the Prophet knew and he explained and he educated this, this matter to the Sahaba, that the Sahaba, the first generation, the first early Sahaba, they were the best of the companions. Now we mentioned that. أَلَّا يُذْكَرَ أَحَدٌ مِنْ صَحَابَةِ الرَّسُولِ مِنْ صَحَابَةِ الرَّسُولِ صلى الله عليه وسلم إِلَّا بِأَحْسَنِ ذِكْرِ That they should only be mentioned with the best speech. The Sahaba. وَالْإِمْسَاكُ عَمَّا شَجْرَ بَيْنَهُمْ Until we've heard what transpired between them. وَأَنَّهُمْ أَحَقُّ النَّاسِ أَنْ يُلْتَمَسَ لَهُمْ أَحْسَنُ الْمَخَارِجِ وَيُذَنَّ so we should not speak about what transpired between the companions because some of the hypocrites tried to cause fitna between the companions, spreading lies and causing harm. So we don't speak about what transpired between them. And they have more right to be made an excuse for and having good opinion over. So Sheikh Salif Uzan explains that yes, people cause fitna between them People cause trials uh, or cause problems between them, and each of the side made ishtihad, strove to the best of their ability to 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 act upon what they knew, Naam. And what transpired transpired, based upon those who caused the problems. And Sahaba ghair masumin, they are not, they are not infallible, they are prone to error as well. And so therefore, but when they unite upon a matter. 
then their unity and their consensus is infallible. Their consensus is in accordance to this, the Rasul Their consensus is hujjah, is a proof. And Ibn, Ibn uh, said in his Al-Usul Min Ilm Al-Usul, it is impossible that the Sahaba unite upon a matter and oppose the Sunnah. Then Shaykh Salif Uzan mentioned a statement from Shaykh Salim Taymiyyah in his Aqid Al-Wasatiyyah. He said a beautiful kalam that that's these narrations which mention some of the uh, uh, errors of the companions or some of the issues that occurred between them, then there is much lies that have been spread against them, especially in history, in tarikh. Naam. And we must be careful not to speak about them. An example is, for example, Sayyid Qutb. He mentioned some of these issues. And when he came to Amr ibn As, and when he came to Muawiyah, Ibn Abi Sufyan anhum, then he spoke ill of them. He said that they used cheating and deception in order to get leadership. We don't speak about the Sahaba like this. Rather, when my companions are mentioned, we hold. Withhold your tongue, just like Allah saved you from uh, bringing out your sword against them. Then likewise, save your tongue from speaking out against them. And also the Prophet ﷺ in the narration here, which uh, on page 110, where, uh, where the Prophet ﷺ said, وَمَا يُدْرِيكَ لَعَلُ اللَّهَ and you cannot get a little bit of 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 a little and the Mushrikun had threatened him to kill his family unless he tells them where the whereabouts of Rasulullah where is the Prophet doing next, what is he going to do. So he wrote them a letter, not helping them willingly, but fearing for his family because they were going to be killed. And so he wrote them a letter to say about, uh, mention the whereabouts of the Messenger. The Prophet had a dream <coughs> and dream about this letter, about what, what Hatib had done. And the letter was intercepted and it was brought back to Medina. And the Prophet called Hatib. Umar ibn Khattab was ready to, uh, to strike him. The Prophet said, Leave him. Explain yourself, O Hatib. Hatib explained, Ya Rasulullah, this is my situation. My family is in Mecca, and they were going to be killed and harmed. So I only did that because of that. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, That is the context, the context of this narration. That it may be Allah said to the people of Badr, do as you wish, for I have forgiven you. SubhanAllah. If it had been takfiris, they would have taken him out of Islam. If it had been like the, nowadays, they say, oh look, he's He's aiding the disbelievers and he's aiding this over the Muslims. And they call Muslims disbelievers left, right and center. Without establishing the proof. The Prophet established the proof first and foremost. And he asked Hatib, 
Naam, what are you do? What, why did you do what you did? And he explained himself beautifully that indeed he didn't intend that. And likewise, and likewise, Ammar ibn Yasir, radiallahu Sheikh Fawzan mentions that example in, in his explanation of Nawaqid al Islam. Ammar ibn Yasir, when, in, who was, who his whole family was killed in Mecca. In front of his eyes, his mother was killed. Radiallahu anhum ajma'in. And the Prophet always used to use the family of Yasir as an example of patience. And, he, and Ammar, when he was when he was captured and he was told to curse the Messenger, وسلم, otherwise he was going to be killed, he came to the Messenger وسلم, crying, saddened, O oh, Messenger of Allah, they told me to say to say bad words about you, otherwise they were going to kill me. And he he was remorseful and sad because he had said it. And the Prophet said to him, How did you find your heart? Subhanallah. When you said this, how did you find your heart? Kaifa wajatta qalbak. He said, full of iman. <laughs> full of iman. And Allah revealed the verse. Except the one who has been under, who's under duress, was forced, while his heart is full of iman, while his heart is mutma'in, content. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave him. And the Messenger did not consider that to be a person, did not consider him to be a person who had left Islam. Look at the takfiris, these are all refutations against the takfiris. Refutations. The one who says, La ilaha illallah, then his has honor, his ends in Islam. It's haram for you to, to harm them and to oppress them. La ilaha illallah. The, ma, the Usama bin Zayd who killed the mushrik in the battlefield after he said, La ilaha illallah. Prophet said, You killed him after he said, La ilaha illallah. He said, He only said it to save his neck. He said, Hal an qalbi? Did you open his heart to see if he said it sincerely or not? How will you be in Yawm Al-Qiyamah when La ilaha illallah comes defending this man? How will you be? And Usama was so remorseful. He said, I wish I only became a Muslim that day. He was so remorseful because of what had happened. So proofs after proofs against the takfiris. You don't go around calling Muslim a disbeliever just like that, left, right and center. You have to establish the proof upon them. Even if, they, if you see outwardly that they have done an action of kufr, an action of disbelief, then you have to ascertain first and foremost the condition of intending al-qasd. Did he intend that? And the condition of ilm. Was he ignorant? Did he have knowledge? The two conditions that Shaykh Nathaniel mentions in Qawaid al-Muthra of establishing the proof on the individual specifically so the Sahaba, عنهم, the person should not busy himself speaking about them, rather defending them should be the case. And speaking well of them, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raised them many levels and honored them. And expiated any minute mistakes that they have made compared to their vast uh, uh, worship and their, and their aqidah, their belief and their vast defense of the deen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blots out any, any mistakes. That's why Allah described those who came after. They say, O oh Lord, forgive us and our brothers, those who have preceded us in faith. 
and do not make in our hearts hatred for the believers. Our Lord, you are indeed all kind, most kind and most merciful. And Ibn Taymiyyah said from the usul of Ahl Sunnah Jama'ah, Salamatu Qulubihim wa Al Sinatihim li Ashabi Rasulullah is the hearts and the tongues are free from speaking ill of the Sahaba. So dua for them, speaking well of them, and having a good heart towards them, pure heart towards them. Ibn Abi Zayd he says, Obedience to the leaders of the Muslims. Those in authority over them and their scholars. And then he mentioned, Sheikh Salif Uzan mentioned that hold all together the verse in the Quran, hold all together to the rope of Allah and do not dispute, do not be, do not split into groups and parties, do not split from the jama'ah. Don't be of those who split and they dif differed amongst themselves. After clarification came to them, and they are the ones who will have a grievous punishment. And Allah said, Ya Obey Allah and obey the messenger and those in authority over you. He did not say and obey those authority over you. Because obedience to the leaders and the scholars is if it is in accordance with the proof, the Quran and the Sunnah. The Prophet said, I command you with the pi being pious, pious with Allah. And to hear and obey your leaders, even if you be an Abyssinian slave. For whoever lives after me, he will see many differences. So apologies to hold on to my Sunnah and the Sunnah of the rightly guided Caliphs. Hold on to it and bite onto it with your mawlutif. And be warned of the newly invented matters. For every newly invented matter is an innovation and any, every innovation is a misguidance. So, obeying the leaders in the obedience to Allah. Obeying the rulers in the obedience to Allah. Because the Messenger said, La ta'atil makhluq fi ma'asiyatil khaliq. There is no obedience to creation in the disobedience to the Creator. Obedience to the leaders is in the righteous matters. So if they call you to do haram, we don't obey them in that matter. But the general obedience is there. And that is by not going out against them with your tongue and sword. By not causing revolutions. Revolutions are not from Islam. Demonstrations against the Muslim leaders are not, is not from Islam. It is a bid'ah that the people have invented. And the Prophet ﷺ said in a hadith which is recorded in Muslim of Ahmad, Man arada Whoever wants to advise the ruler, don't do it openly. Don't do it openly. Marches are open advice. This is not from Islam. Openly speaking about the rulers on the manabir, on the minbars, on, on the pulpits, and in the lectures, uh, is not from Islam. If you want to advise him, go to him. That's why that's the highest form of jihad, is to go in front of the leader. Go to him and speak to him directly. And if you can't, then, then supplicate for his betterment. As Fudayr ibn Iyad said, if I had one supplication, I would make it for the leaders because in their betterment is in my betterment, is in our betterment, is in the people's betterment. Supplicating for the leaders.
for their guidance and to have good advisors around them. Whoever wants to advise a leader, don't do it openly, but take him by the hand alone. And if he accepts, he accepts. If he doesn't accept, then you have fulfilled that's upon you. Then Ibn Abi Zaydi said, To follow the Salaf al-Salih and follow their path. And to seek forgiveness over them. Because the people were split into many groups. The Jews into 71 sects. The Christians into 72 sects. And my Ummah was split into 73 sects. All of them being in the fire except one. They said, which one, O Messenger of Allah, is the saved one? He said, Man kana ma ana That which I and my companions are upon. That is the jama'ah. Ma ana The hadith which is in Mustadrak of Al-Hakim. And it is Hassan al-Shawahid, a good accepted chain due to the numer numerous reports. And al-jama'ah, all of them in the fight except one, that is the jama'ah. That is the way of the Sahaba anhum. They were the jama'ah at that time. Hadith in Sunan al-Majah, which is authentic, no doubt about it. So they are the firqatul najiyah, the saved sect. So ascribing yourself to them. As Ibn Taymiyyah said in volume 4, page 149 of Majmu' Fatawa, he said, لا عيب لمن أظهر مذهب السلف There's no harm upon the one who professes the madhab al-salaf wa'tazza ilayh and he ascribes to it. Rather, it is obligatory to accept that from them. So if you say, I am salafi, I follow the way of the salaf, then there's no harm in that. For you are following the best people. You have no problem in saying that I am Britani or Maghrabi or Pakistani, ascribing to your country. Why you have a problem in ascribing to the best people? Salafi. There's no problem in that. But what is important is to be upon that. So following the Salaf al-Salih, the pious predecessors, the Sahaba and their students and their students, as Sharik the Qadi we read the other day, where he himself said, as for us, we take our deen from the sons of the Tabi'een, from the Sahaba. Where do they take their deen from? Where do they take their deen from? And Imam Malik, rahimullah, Sheikh Fawzan quotes, Sheikh Salih Fawzan quotes, Nothing will rectify the latter part of this ummah except that which rectified the first part. What is it that rectified the first part? The understanding of the Sahaba following the Rasul So those who came after, they should love the Salaf, the Salih, the pious predecessors. Follow them in their Aqeedah and Manhaj. Not just Aqeedah. Some people say, oh, just Aqeedah. No. And Manhaj and their methodology. The Manhaj is the application, the Tariqah, the path of the Messenger وسلم, and is there, and that is following the best people. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah Ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah Hayya ala as-salah Hayya ala as-salah Hayya ala al-falah Hayya ala al-falah Allahu Akbar, 
الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله لا إله And then Sheikh Salaf Ozan continues and he says that any differences with regards matters of fiqh, of ishtihad, regarding how to worship Allah and so on and so forth, then of course we go back to Allah and His Rasul. And if there's differences, we go back to Allah and His, and His Messenger. الرسول, and that is in all affairs. If anyone brings a new belief or a new, method, new methodology, then we take it back to Allah and, his, and see which is the correct path. Did Allah say it? Did the Messenger say it? Did the Sahaba unite upon that? We look at the affairs with proof, with the adilla. Allah says, Follow that which has been revealed to you from your Lord and do not follow others besides that, even if they are scholars. If they make a mistake in an affair, we don't follow them in that matter, even if they are awliya. Ibn Abi Zaid, he said, Leaving off argumentation and disputes in the religion. And leaving all that which the those who in, innovated in religion, that which they have innovated, that which they have brought from new things. What is important, Sheikh Fawzan says, is to stick to the haqq. Sheikh Salih Fawzan says, we must stick to the haqq, not argue. And Allah said, Truth is from your Lord, so don't be from the disputers. Don't argue. When the verse comes to you and it's clear, with its context, it's tafsir and the hadith, and it's authentic, and it clarifies the verse, Alhamdulillah, we accept. Amr al-Abdul Aziz, who died 101 Hijriya, he used to say, Allah gives the message. The Messenger Sallallahu conveys it and upon us is to submit to it. Submitting to that which Allah mentioned and the Messenger Sallallahu mentioned. And as for the innovators, after the Salaf al-Salih, the pious predecessors, those who innovated in belief and methodology with all these newly invented groups, then we leave them. Just as Hudayfa radiallahu said, that the Messenger Sallallahu said, if there's no jama'ah, no imam, no jama'ah, the jama'ah of the Sahaba, if you don't find the jama'ah of the Sahaba, alhamdulillah, we have jama'ah of the Sahaba. Those who follow the Sahaba, they are the Salafiyun, Ahlul Athar. But if you're in a place where there's no jama'ah and no imam, no leader of the Muslims uh, that you live under, then he said, he said, فَاعْتَزِلْ تِلْكَ الْفِرَقِ جَمِيعَهَا Leave all of these newly invented groups. All of these groups. Whether it's jama'at al-tabliq, ikhwan, all of them are newly invented. Sufiyya, there was no Sufiyya at the time of Rasulullah or Sahaba. There was no tabliq at the time of Sahaba it, with those six points that they have in that manner that they, that they do da'wah. There was no ikhwan muslimin at the time of the Rasulullah and Sahaba. So leave all of these groups. No jama'at al-takfir and jihad, jama'at al-qital, jama'at, all of these groups with dazzling names uh, or names that, are, uh, that they claim to be striving. Leave all of these groups. فَاعْتَزِلْ تِلْكَ الْفِرَقِ جَمِيعَهَا وَإِنْ تَعُدْ عَلَى رَأْسِ الشَّجْرَةِ حَتَّى يُدْرِكَكَ الْمَوْتُ وَأَنْتَ عَلَى ذَلِكَ Even if you to bite upon the root of a tree, hold it onto your deen until death reaches you. Leave these groups. 
have nothing to do with these groups. Just like Abdullah ibn Umar said, I have nothing to do with you and you have nothing to do with me regarding the Qadariyyah. And likewise, we say this to all of the other groups. We have nothing to do with you and you have nothing to do with me. How can I be tablighi when you're in Jama'at tablighi, you have a book called Tablighi Nisab. And in there you claim certain people know the unseen unconditionally. How could I follow fabricated narrations? Oh, Jama'at tablighi. How could I follow Ikhwan and Muslimin when it's hodgepodge? Cocktail, everything and anything. It doesn't matter as long as you just believe. How could I be at Ikhwani? How could I be takfiri when you oppress other people unjustly? When you call Muslims kuffar, when you cause havoc in society, you cause bloodshed in Iraq and in Syria and in Palestine, you don't have the right aqid and methodology to bring about change. How could I be takfiri? Causing havoc in society, oppressing others. How could I be takfiri? Or ikhwani or, or sufi? How could I be sufi when I give my worship to other than Allah? When I bring myself down, humble myself to a sheikh, claiming that he knows the unseen, reading the burda of Busayri, which has shirk in it, claiming the Messenger وسلم, that I have no hope on Yom Al-Qiyamah if it wasn't for the Messenger وسلم. What about Allah? Where's your hope in Allah? How can I be Sufi upon shirk, calling upon other than Allah, when Allah said, Ud'uni astajib lakum, call upon me and I will answer you. So how can I be in any of those? Rather, we are Salafi. We follow the best people, the Sahaba anhum, the Salaf al-Salih, the righteous predecessors. And we follow them upon righteousness, inshallah, upon their aqidah and their methodology. They're the best people. They're the ones Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with. Radiyallahu anhum wa radu And at the end, Ibn Abi Zaid, he said, wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad, nabiyyihi wa ala alihi wa azwajihi wa durriyatihi Sheikh Saif Uzan, he mentioned, look how the author, he finished with salah upon the Messenger Because Allah commanded this. Indeed Allah and the angels, they send salah upon the Messenger, upon the Prophet. Oh you who believe, send salah upon him. Abu Aliya he said, Salatullah ala Rasul dhikruhu fi al-ala. The salah of Allah upon the Messenger is actually the Messenger making dua, oh Allah, make mention of Rasulullah in the highest of places. This is the command that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded him with. And so, therefore also, when we say Sallallahu Alaihi we say, Oh Allah, make mention of the Messenger in the highest of places. Wasallam, may Allah protect him. This is salah upon the Rasul If you send salah upon the Rasul once, Allah sends it for you ten times. It is a guaranteed dua for you, Ya Abdullah. So send salah upon the Messenger daily, on a regular basis. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala Ali Muhammad, kama sallayta ala Ibrahim, ala Ibrahim, inna ka hamidu majid. Wabarik ala Muhammad wa ala Ali Muhammad, kama barakta ala Ibrahim, ala Ali Ibrahim, inna ka hamidu majid. Sheikh Sa'if Uzan says the true freedom, the true freedom, is living by the Quran and Sunnah. That is the true freedom. Following the path of Rasulullah in his aqidah and his methodology. It's not enough to say, I love Rasulullah and I'm going to send salah upon him. If you love him, you send salah upon him and you follow him. And you follow him. Qul in kuntum tuhibbun Allah, Allah, wa yaghfir lakum dunubakum, wallahu ghafurur rahim. That is the true freedom. You free yourself from the prison of this life to the vastness of the hereafter. 
you free yourself from these slogans and 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 misguided paths that the people have invented and you free yourself with the true freedom of following the correct path the book of Allah and the sunnah of the messenger sallallahu they're the ones the ones who have true freedom Allah away from these afkar al-khabitha wal afkar al-dai'a from these thoughts and these opinions which are considered to be misguided that is true freedom freedom away from shirk he says freedom away from bid'ah freedom away from opposition to the truth freedom true freedom authentic freedom that is the true freedom then he says hada then he says afakullama ja'akum rasulun bima la tahwa anfusukum stakbartum fa fariqan kadhabtum wa fariqan taqtulun regarding those who when every time a prophet comes to them that is not in accordance with their desires they become arrogant and they end up uh, denying them and amongst them they end up killing them so this is not we don't follow our whims and desires we follow guidance that Allah has laid down and guidance that the messenger sallallahu has mentioned that is true freedom not in accordance with our own desires rather true freedom is following the book of Allah and the sunnah of the messenger sallallahu that is true freedom in your mind true freedom for the person to follow not his desires but to follow justice follow that which will bring about goodness in this life for those around us this is true ubudiyah this is true servitude such that you're not a, a worshiping creation worshiping your thoughts worshiping your desires following your desires but rather worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the creator of all creation وبعد أن صلى وسلم على الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى وسلم على آله yes after he sent salah upon the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم then salah upon his family and the companions all together the his family and that includes his wives نعم they are the أمهات المؤمنين as Allah said in Surah Al-Ahzab 32-33 يا نساء النبي لستنك أحد من النساء إن اتقيتنا فلا تخدعن بالقول فيطمع الذي في قلبه مرض وقلنا قولا معروفا later on in the same verse he said إنما يريد الله ليذهب عنكم الرجس أهل البيت ويطهركم تطهيرا in the same verse where Allah talks about the wife of the messenger he called them أهل البيت his family so that is proof that they are considered to be from his family Naam. And likewise, it's upon the sisters to follow their examples. The Nisa al-Mu'minat. Naam. In that which, uh, in that which they called to, in that which they were upon, in their practice, to be honored, wallah, to be like the, the mothers of the believers, to be honored, wallah, to be upon their, their path that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose for the believing women. To be honored, to follow them as their examples in knowledge, like Aisha radiana in knowledge. She was a scholar in her own right. And Alhamdulillah, she used to teach when others were asking, she used to teach and she used to clarify. I'll give you one example. A janazah was in the masjid in the time of the Messenger. It was allowed. But after the Prophet passed away, when a janazah was brought inside the masjid, some said, what is this bid'ah? Some said, 
We don't know who was said it, but some said, what is this bid'ah? But look at Aisha, she said, ma asra nas ila an ma la ilma lahum bih. How people rush to say something is aib, something is wrong, without knowledge. <laughs> Indeed, the Prophet ﷺ prayed over the janazah of so-and-so and so-and-so in the masjid. Allahu Akbar. This is Aisha. So for the sisters, follow the examples of the Nisa, Al-Mu'minat, the mothers of the believers, Ummahat Al-Mu'mineen, the likes of Aisha. Study your deen. Learn your deen. Do not fall short. And ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remove any uh, deficiency from, from you in that regard. Learn and be and emulate them and be like them and follow their path. Radiallahu anhum ajma'een. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with them all, all together. Lastly, Sheikh Salif Uzan, he says, he said, the, with regards to the children of the Messenger the Messenger is not the father of any one man of you. But he left behind daughters the daughters of Khadija anha, and they are considered to be the, the mothers of the believers and likewise those uh, they are considered to be the family of the Messenger and likewise the children of Fatima anha. Naam for he وسلم, is their grandfather and likewise the, those who came after them all of them are considered to be from the progeny of the Messenger they have this honor and likewise respect those who followed generations after generations followed the, the Prophet's way so those who turned away did not follow the Messenger the likes of Abu Lahab the uncle of the Prophet is not considered to be from his family because he turned away and he disbelieved and he didn't die upon Iman. So even if he had relation with the Messenger if he was a relative of the Messenger that didn't actually aid him. What was the help or what was the true aid is that he had that he would have Iman. If he had Iman then there would then no doubt he would be that would benefit him. So it's not just the being close to him as a relative but rather, if he followed him and he believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon tawheed, then he would be from those who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has raised. Sheikh Sa'if Uzan says, هذا آخر التعليق على هذه العقيدة التي تضمنتها مقدمة الإمام الشيخ ابن أبي زيد والحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأتباعه وبهذا تم الشرح الحمد لله بنعمته تتم الصالحات وسبحانك اللهم وبحمدك أشهد لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك and just before we pray the salat الظهر what's your advice to brothers or sisters who are salafi but when it comes to the marriage they only want to marry spouses from the same culture they refuse to marry good salafi sisters and brothers uh, just because they are not from the same background or country. Inna akramakum itqakum. The most pious, honorable in the sight of Allah are the pious ones. They are the most honorable in the sight of Allah. So, yes, there may be a situation where a person prefers, it's up to them if they prefer a particular culture, a particular language, particular food. I know some people, they love their 
food, you know, from the back home, from their culture. And they, if they were to marry somebody else from another culture, then it, it would probably be yani, difficult for them. So this is a choice. And Sheikh Ubaid mentioned this, that it's a choice that people have. People, some people have different uh, um, likes and different needs and different wants. So there's no harm in that. However, it shouldn't be, I choose someone from my culture, they're not even on the deen. Should be somebody that's on on the deen, and if you choose to marry someone from other than your culture, it's allowed. It's good. Marry far and wide. The Prophet said them advised. Marry far and wide, but if you can work out between yourselves, you know, to uh, live in harmony. Alhamdulillah, biha wa ni'mat. So there's no harm in that. So the person has a choice how they. But what is important is fad far deen. Follow that which is deen. Follow the deen. That is why what is sought. Because a man marries, he may marry for wealth or for status, or for the, the dunya matters, but fad or for beauty, fad far din. That is what is better and best. Sister is asking: Is nikah valid for a woman who has been married before, if she has the blessing of her family, but they can't be present physically? Then the nikah is performed in the presence of the imam, the imam's friend, and the groom, plus the bride and one female friend. Note, the groom is a revert with no Muslim family members or friends. The, the issue is with the girls married. The Prophet said, La nikah illa bi wali. There is no nikah except for a wali. If the wali can't be there, then he should appoint a wakil, somebody who will. Uh, yani be present on his behalf and he is allowed to marry them off with the agreement of the wali so this, in that situation is not a problem so long as the wali uh, places somebody of trust somebody who is responsible like the imam of a masjid naam, a leader of a community for example it puts him as a, a, a trust to be the wakil to be in charge or to take over the, that responsibility that is allowed The conditions of the marriage, you have the marriage contract, you have the mahar, the, the dowry, and you have the wali. And, it, and you have two witnesses. Alhamdulillah, there's khair. Does the hadith of obey the leaders refer to only Muslim leaders or even the leaders in the non-Muslim lands we stay in? Of course... The hadith which mentioned about the leaders refers to Muslim leaders. However, if you're living in Muslim land, non-Muslim lands, then no doubt you have a pact between yourself and those whom you live with. And that is to live in harmony, to not deceive them, to not cheat and lie, and to not cause havoc and chaos in society. It's for your benefit and their benefit. So, alhamdulillah, if you come to a red light, for example... And the laws of the land is, uh, you have to stop. In your benefit, others' benefit is that you stop. And when it's green, you go. So this is for your benefit and everyone else's benefit. So alhamdulillah, obey them in the, that which will bring about greater benefit for the community. Jazakum Allah khairan.